Oh, you hear that, kids, man? You know what that means. That bird's coming, man. And when that bird comes, he comes hard over your face, neck, and chest. Oh, the bird of salesmanship, Jonathan Livingston sale goal. He's divisive, he is. But he's here for one reason. One reason only to tell you where to see a goddamn Smodco show. Oh, yeah, man. You don't need to rhyme for the bird. He likes it, but he just likes to hear you talk about him, man. The bird loves it when you say his name. Oh, great bird of salesmanship. Tell me where I can see Smodco. Carry me on your back to a place where Jason Muse says, use guys. Oh, shit. Speaking of Jason Muse, kids. Jay and Silly Bob's super groovy cartoon movie is coming your way. I mean, we dropped the trailer online this week for the first time. You can go see that at our YouTube channel, CSMOD, youtube.com slash CSMOD. Uh, the trailer is up, and you can get tickets as well. I mean, we're going all over the fucking place with this flick. Go to CSMOD.com or CSMOD.com slash groovy movie. Check out the trailer. Get yourself some tickets. It's going to be a good fucking time. Tickets are moving fast, though. I ain't lying. So make sure you get your hands on some. Uh, don't forget Thursday night, folks, man. There's going to be some uh, comic book men coming at you. I think we're about halfway through season 2B with episode 4. So don't forget, 9 o'clock, only on AMC. Uh, Babble is back, bitches. Yeah, the bird likes that, too. Hollywood Babylon happening on March 16th, man, at the John Lovitz Comedy Club. And then March 20th, me and Jay are going to the Laugh Factory, man. Ha, ha, ha. In Los Angeles again. This will be a third time. We have a good time there. Laugh Factory, March 20th, 10 p.m. show for Jay and Silent Bob. Get old. And then me and Ralph are taking Babylon to the Long Beach Laugh Factory like we did uh, a little while ago, man. We'll do it again, April 13th. Oh, the bird of sales and ships flying, children. Look out. Bah. Hollywood Babylon, 10 o'clock at the Laugh Factory, all the at the Long Beach Laugh Factory. All these tickets at csmod.com. And now, on to another Smodco podcast. Hey man, one more horrorish little beat, if you don't mind. Jay and Silent Bob's super groovy cartoon movie uh, is coming your way. If you go to csmod.com slash groovy movie. You can see all the dates where it's going to be playing. And as of Friday, uh, March 1st, you're going to be able to see the trailer, man. We're dropping the trailer and all the tickets go on sale all across America. There's a bunch of dates, about 17, I think, dates to start off with. We're going to be adding lots more. But uh, don't wait, man. The pre-sale went really well. We sold out a lot of our VIP tickets. So uh, jump online right now. csmod.com slash groovy movie. Come see me and Jay. We'll show you a Jay and Silent Bob super groovy cartoon movie. This brand new Jay and Silent Bob cartoon flick that Muse made and then we'll do a Jay and Silent Bob get old episode right afterwards and Q&A it so you'll be on the episode man it's a good time so go check it out csmot.com slash groovy movie This is Jack Morrissey welcoming you to episode 51 of Team Jack. 
We don't have a title as usual. We'll get one by the end or we won't. If we don't, if we don't find one by the end, it'll be untitled. Um, it's Cohen and myself again today as ever. And, um, back again is our resident, not attorney. Well, he's, he's my resident scuba Jedi master, Steve Henges. Hello. Hello. Um, after our long absence, we're trying to hit our marks again and, um, deliver a fresh, on, uh, fresh podcast every week. What's that, Steve? Congratulations on number 51. Why, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, have you been getting, I'm sorry, have you been getting lots of emails about people in the, in the, in the, the downtime of people asking where they, where the podcast were? Or like, uh, Facebook messages, um, DMs on Facebook or whatever you call them. No, Facebook messages and, um, some public tweets and some DMs on Twitter. What I found though during pod hiatuses is uh, you get about 2.5% of the entire listening audience asking where it is. Gives which, a fuck. Which you quickly learn like, oh, other people are just like, oh, okay, fuck it, I'll just listen to another podcast. Yeah, it's exactly. Not, it's not as appointment as we think it is. Well, it's, I've never thought it was important. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the million dollar question is how long is too long? Uh, before people act actively start unsubscribing from never from your pod. Now, what is it so. to subscribe to a pod? Well, I have one listener ask me, "Well, should I just go ahead and unsubscribe?" It's like, well, it's like uh, it, unsubscribing and us not us not putting out a podcast are the same fucking thing. You don't get a podcast in your yeah. inbox. So just, <laughs> it takes more time to unsubscribe. Yeah, just wait till we do a podcast. It's, it's and for we'll the person back. with yeah. the OCD. You're, exactly. I can't have these open podcasts. <laughs> um. Yeah, it's a podcast. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, new in my world since Cohen and I last saw each other on. Uh, Thursday, Thursday or Friday? What's Thursday? What's my birthday? It was Thursday. Um, is the MTV Movie Awards were MTV Movie Award nominations were announced last night? Did you see those, Steve Hedges? I did not. I've been I've, on Facebook seeing some people that are very angry, but I don't. Yes. Know <laughs> um, as opposed to the last four years, where the Twilight Saga enjoyed uh, a wide array of nominations. Some years missing in this category, some years missing in that court category. But uh, the first four movies, Twilight, New Moon, Eclipse, and Breaking Dawn Part 1, all won Best Movie. Um, and I think quite a number of them also won Best Kiss okay. for Edward and Bella. Um, this year, uh, we got one nomination which was best shirtless scene for Taylor Lautner as Jacob Black. So um, I was actually told this by the head of publicity at Summit um, last, I guess, late last week. So um, I knew it was coming, and I just sat on it. Uh, And it was fun to sort of sit back and watch as the um, nominations were announced in a live cast feed at, um, I think I guess it was like 7.58 Eastern Standard Time here in the States um, at MTV.com, and you just watch Twitter, like, blow up. Right. I, I thought the hashtag um, that would probably... 
I thought the hashtag would probably end up being um, fuck you MTV. And I wondered how long it would take for, for Twitter to just produce that. Right. It took about two minutes. <laughs> I was sp- like spot on. Right. And some people were fuck you MTV movie awards, but by and large it was fuck you MTV. And it was hilarious to watch the, um, they had a, um, they have a social stream window just to the right of the video feed window at their site. And so literally as um, they're rolling through the announcements, it's the host, What's-Her-Face, from Pitch Perfect, British, Body. Rebel Wilson. Yeah, she's hosting this year with Josh Horowitz, who's a reporter for MTV News and sort of a long-term face that a lot of Twihards have associated with Twilight over the years. I've never heard of that person before. Josh Horowitz. And he's hosting the MTV Awards? No, no, no. Josh Horowitz is a is a very prominent MTV news reporter. Rebel oh. Wilson is hosting, hosting the show. Oh, okay. correct, never. correct. Um, so as they were rolling through the, the um, nominations, they actually started with the nominations for Best Movie, and um, instantly it was just like an unbelievable nonstop wow. stream of invective much of it in spanish <laughs> <laughs> um so it was you know it was sort of interesting uh and it's won the award for the last couple of years it's or? one best movie yeah okay. the first four movies all won best movie so um what do you attribute this to well, Ar- Argo, man, I'm just gonna Ar- sweep. Yeah, you know, Dan Benefit. Argo didn't get nominated for best movie at the MTV Awards, right? Uh, no, it didn't. But here's the thing: what, what, Pitch Perfect, obviously. Lincoln, of course. No. <laughs> uh, what were what were the best picture nominees at the MTV? By movie the way, Awards? I just thought this would be a. Um, I'm trying to say that without a, laughing. Just a little appetizer to start this podcast, but we can. Uh, we can go right there. No, you can actually make a meal out of this subject. All right, so. Here's the thing. Give me best picture. I will. Hang on. It's gonna it's gonna go to um fucking Amore, obviously, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the best kiss. Okay. That's best shirt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so best shirt first, le- first let's shirtless go to, scene. First let's go right. through the actual noms. Okay. And then we'll get a little bit into the nominating process, which is the um the information that I had to dump on the ladies of Team Jack, our 29 women Twitter team, uh, just in terms of sort of educating them how this or this and a few other organizations also function and uh, why, unfortunately, once you dig into how these organizations function, it becomes increasingly more difficult to take certainly the nominations, but also snubs and or actual wins seriously so on the one hand it's easy to rail against mtv for their or you know for the perceived snubs on the other hand you have to look over at that golden popcorn and go well how seriously should we really take this once you once you get into how the nominations are decided and then how the actual winners are decided. So that'll be the stake of this podcast. But first, I don't even open. take the Oscars fucking seriously. MTV has no chance. Exactly. But the exactly. People's Choice Awards. No award. No, no, <laughs> and when I was a kid, honestly, the Oscars did hold some weight. And even the Globes when I was like a kid. Right. But as I get older, award shows are nonsense. Uh, generally, yeah. It's a fucking... Uh, it's a pa- but I do think you can look to an Academy model which is the 
the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences who vote the Oscars. I like their model the best, yes. The Academy of whatever music, schwa-la-la-la-la, who vote the Grammys, right? right? Um, And then the... Tony's. Probably it's called the Academy of Television Arts and Sciences who vote the... Vote the Emmys. And then the Tonys are actually voted by the Broadway producers or something. Yeah, it's not actually called an academy. And I don't know about the structure of that organization that awards the Oh, we should say the the Globes are voted by The Hollywood Foreign Press Association. Critics who don't live in America. 88 Hollywood members of the Hollywood Foreign Press. They live here or they don't live here? Who? The Foreign Press. Almost all of them live here in Los Angeles. But are foreign... Yes, okay. and they write for they have to write they have to write a minimum number of articles for major foreign outlets per year in order to maintain their relationship. And as with most things having to do with the HFPA, I'm sure that is, shall we say, very loosely enforced. But it's very difficult to get into the. Uh, it's incredibly it's difficult. Like- yeah, someone has to die basically right. in order for you. It's it's not a lot unlike, of murderers in there. It's not unlike the uh, the Pope. Pope job. Right. <laughs> All right. So you ready for this? Nomination. So here's the question. So last year, Breaking Dawn Part 1 won Best Movie, right? Right. Um, geez, memory serves. Someone I just read on Facebook said that uh, Rob Pattinson didn't show up last year. I think he actually did. I think Rob, Kristen, and Taylor all showed up. Nonetheless, so for the fourth year in a row, a Twilight movie wins Best Picture they show up to accept. I think that was the year of the giant surfboards. I right. can't remember. Maybe they didn't. No, maybe it was just Kristen and maybe I'm thinking of Eclipse. Um, but the ratings, nonetheless, are off 20% for that show last year. Okay. Right? And this, Which, are they going up against Harry Potter and Hunger Games last year? Yes, they are. Okay. And winning. Right, so Hunger Games is not a contender this year. All right. Um, train of thought. So, also interestingly, the real bread and butter award show for MTV are the VMAs, the Video Music Awards. And you may be surprised to learn that after last year's show, the the 2011 show which I believe was the all-time highest-rated VMAs. This year's ratings for the show that aired September 2012 were off 50%, right? So one might surmise that this is a network that is in a bit of a panic over what to do with their two award shows and how to get the fucking viewership back, you know? So um, that said... Once you eliminate Twilight and the worldwide Twihard viewership from the equation, um, once I read you these nominees, you will be scratching your head as to who exactly, A, will be going to MTV.com between now and the date of the actual awards show, which I think is the 14th of, of April, to vote the winners, as the general public does. Right. And B, who is actually going to tune in to watch this fucking show? Because, uh, ladies and gentlemen, here are your nominees. You ready? Movie of the Year, Django Unchained, Silver Linings Playbook, 
Ted, The Avengers, The Dark Knight Rises. Completely makes sense in every single way. Those are I am so not shocked or upset by that. I thought it was right. going to be fucking weird. Those should weird be... Weird is coming. MTV, oh, that's not it. How many fucking no, movies? that's movie of the year. Oh, yeah. In my right. in my mind, those are MTV movies. But uh, Silver Linings playbook? playbook, romantic comedy, uh, hip romantic comedy, uh, which which I didn't think it was, but apparently henceforth everyone's telling me it's a fucking romantic. It's like the Gen whatever. All right. Well, we let's are. take Twilight. Let's take Twilight out of the equation. Okay. Where's Skyfall? Not fourteen. Not fourteen year old fucking kids don't give a shit about James Bond, but they give a shit about. Storyline's playbook. That's the one weird one in there. 14-year-old kids care deeply about Django Unchained. That's the other one that's weird. Like, but that's cool, and that's Quentin, and it curses. Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. Um, but. Which, by the way, historically, I think none of these super... Pardon me. None of these superhero movies, superhero movies tend to win. I thought it was going to be... Because that fandom... Don't go to MTV.com to vote. Right. They don't Let's, give a fuck if it even registers on their well, radar. And that's what I mean. I thought it would be more films geared towards a female audiences. Such as Twilight. Such as, that's what I mean. I thought it exactly. would be Twilight, Pitch Perfect, fucking, uh, I don't even know any other. Uh, Perks of Being a Wallflower. Fl- Perks of Being a Wallflower. Exactly. Right. Yes. It skews very so male. Aren't we, aren't, it so skews I'm, very male, which, which is arguably not the viewership. No. I mean, but it makes me happier in a weird way. Okay, I guess it's not the viewership, or arguably it's not the viewership, but as a right. film fan, right. it upsets me less than if it were the Teenage Girl Awards, which I used to watch MTV growing up. It wasn't. Right. It was the cool, hip. That was right. the first place I saw Jackie Chan was at the MTV Movie Awards. They gave him a lifetime achievement. That right. was... Where you know what I mean? MTV right. Movie Awards used to be for fourteen, fifteen year old boys, right? As the network kind of was, and then it became synonymous with Twilight for four years. See, I didn't, I, I didn't know that. That yeah. didn't even register for you. Why did you stop watching? Oh my god, I haven't. MTV hasn't been relevant for me since I'm since in I'm sixteen years old. How old are you? Twenty eight. It's been yep. like 12 years since I've watched MTV. MTV's right. whole identity has shifted over the past decade. I, I've right. never watched an episode of the Jersey Shore. I've never watched 16 and Pregnant. Right. I stopped watching Real World in like Vegas, which I think was like 1999 or something. Right. Like right. They just don't have any shows on there that I would watch. It's, just not, it's definitely not my demographic. Right. That right. being said, I watch fucking Sprout and Noggin. On... PBS and Disney, which are intended for preschoolers. It's like... <laughs> so, it's not like I grew up. You know what I mean? MTV just grew shitty, in my opinion. Yeah. If they still had good programming, I still would embrace it. You could argue that it's a network in search of a, of a new identity. Uh, yeah. And I mean, how to get relevant like, again even, even with a key demographic. Even, with, the, even the early 2000s, Tom Green, Jackass... It, it Beavis had and a, Butthead. Beavis and Butt. And I was never a Beavis and Butthead fan. But it had a comedy. But it had a comedy. It was at the center of culture. Totally. It had a, especially later though. It had that comedy block where it was cutting edge and it was dangerous and right. it was the precursor to Spike and and FX and all these other networks, men channels that have since grown up. And then with the I, you know what the death of MTV was? TRL, one hundred percent. That was when the network shifted from a cool. Random fucked up cartoons and right. interesting programming and late night weird music you'd never see anywhere else to pop music. To I'm from New York, so I make this reference to Z100. I don't know right. what the... Uh, right. Well, I'd hear it. It's the same. Easy listening station is here. Is it Z100? Uh, I, I, 
I, first I of all, it should, it should be noted that C100 in New York is not quote unquote easy listening. Or, pop, pop music. If I, I mean. wanted to no, hear right, Debbie right. Boone crooning, right. you light up my life. Not easy listening, but uh, yeah. top, top 10 pop music. It's always whatever. the 100 channel. Out here, it's, it's Kiss FM, which I think is also right around 100, isn't it? Oh, okay. I have to be honest. On the FM not, dial. To me, that's what uh, empty. Satellite radio, I don't know. Yeah. That's. Uh, not even arguably what MTV has become in my mind. And it's because of TRL and the proliferation of the music companies. Just Which bu- has been off the air for buying quite a number spots. of years, by totally. the way. Totally. But it changed the entire network into screaming... Uh, fangirls. Screaming fangirls in, a conf- in, in uh, that float... You know what I mean? Yeah, what for do they boy call bands. That? What do they call that when they go to... Not a confessional. Uh, when they cut to a side and it's that girl in the audience... There's a term for it, television-wise. I don't know. I can't think of it either. The social media or the... No, like the floating head thing. um, Like, and TRL is now where where it'll be like, even in the middle of the videos, they cut to a girl in the studio telling you why she likes the video that's currently on that you now can't hear that she's... Exactly. got it. OTF. Maybe that's our our title. (laughs) That's the title. OTF. OTF, I like it. Or it could be MTV, MTV, OTF, WTF. There you go. I like that. <laughs> so it's just, in my mind, it's a strange thing because, again, I am not any part of the Twilight fandom. I've never read the books or seen the films. I know right. Renez may because I'm on this show. I know right. names and shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but it seems that most of the women that I've met or people in general that, that are, are uh, super, uh, super fans are not the current MTV demographic. Right. Why are they offended that a network that they don't really like isn't... That would be like if HGTV didn't nominate fucking Fish for Best Artist of the Year. It would make sense. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So I I just don't get... I don't know. I think everybody just expected that because Twilight and MTV have become so interlocked... Because of the last four MTV.com has been very active in covering the franchise... Um, do you think that could be a reason because it won four years in a row and somewhat the franchise didn't know MTV thought maybe we shouldn't sweep a franchise over a half decade or they're uh, trying to change their, I mean, cause all, all I have the other original op- programming is mainly for women. Is it not our girls? Like you yeah. know, team wolf is more for, for team girls than team boys. Correct. All of their, show, awkward, oh, 90% I mean, of their shows yeah, are for girls, right? Yeah. Though. Right. They tried skins or in betweeners, I think. And they so didn't. why alienate that? Why alienate that girl audience? Because fifty percent viewership and maybe their numbers are down. Who the yeah. fuck knows? Yeah, maybe because it's you they're know trying I mean? to skew more, go back to the heyday of or the glory. Well, I of think, male. and yeah. I might be wrong on this, and obviously I'm not a, a a box office expert or any kind of of entertainment historian. But in the last maybe two years, I think it's kind of shifted back to boys a little bit in terms of who really drives culture, drives culture, and especially With comic book movies. Exactly, yeah. exactly, yeah. Who drives the movie industry? When the first Expendables came out, there was a trailer, a fan made trailer about how Eat, Pray, Love, and all of these movies were like ri- ki- killing at the box office and Twilight and stuff like that. How we need to take Eat, back. Eat, Pray, Love did not kill at the it box didn't. office. It was a bomb. It was, well, that was the trailer. It was like they come out on the same right. day if Eat, Pray, Love. Uh, right. Did you see what and I'm the talking Expendables? about? Yeah, the Expendables fan made. I haven't seen that. It's no. amazing. And the end says uh, Kathleen, Sasha. That's this is for you. Dig uh, up that. Dig yeah, up that it ends YouTube with link. It, it's it's okay, ladies. It's to Andrew WK's "Get Wet" is the <laughs> song, and the end <laughs> and it ends with a quick cut thing saying, "If Eat, Pray, Love beats this movie, you don't deserve to be a man." Right. And basically, <laughs> and it worked. It totally fucking worked. I yeah, think. it got the boys out. You know what I mean? Yeah. What are our top films of the year this year? 
Avengers. Avengers. Avengers uh, is one of the highest grossing films be of all time. Seventy percent male audiences. Uh, I think when you get to those numbers, you're yeah, you're getting everybody. You're everyone in the you're world getting fucking the, the Spielbergian, the yeah. classic people buying Spielbergian the products at least, and, and everyone and pushing the franchise yeah. further. Though, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. What are the top? Like Dark Knight Rises didn't. Dark Knight Rises didn't do amazing. Uh, uh, it did two hundred plus, right? But it. Yeah, um, I'm trying to Steve's, think. I've got the MTV Movie Award nominations keyed up, and I don't want to lose. Do it. The I'll go. I'll go to box so office. So dig it up. 2012 box office, and we're only interested in domestic, not global numbers, for the sake of this conversation. Okay. No, I'm asking. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, it. because MTV doesn't work. It's it goes back to the MTV discussion of where should that network be tooling now? Yeah. Right. Well, there are many MTV networks all around the world. There are many MTV branded networks. MTV Asia, MTV Latin America. But so they program, they're programming their own stuff versus a lot of their own stuff, but they're also taking probably the hit shows off the North American channel, off the flagship channel. Are there hit which shows? of course is the American channel? Are there currently hit shows? That's a good question. I don't know. I don't know. But let's stay on target uh, here because we have a lot of we have a, a lot of ground to cover. I think I need your Wi-Fi if we want to actually drill down into how these nominations are produced and then how the winners are voted. Why he's doing that? Do we want to, do we want to talk about other nominations? Yes, because it's going to take me. If I do that, though, are we, is that going to light us up and set us off track? We'll come back. We'll circle back. Is that your Wi-Fi? Yes, it is. Okay. Is it what I think it would be? It's the same as the old one here. I'll oh, do okay. It for you. It would be funnier if it was. Oh, his God. Wi-Fi is a setup to a uh, a famous phrase, and I thought the password would be the punchline, but it's not. No. Hang on just one second. This is really exciting for the listeners. Hold on, listeners. Pause. Listening to me um, type in the password here to our Wi-Fi at uh, Casa Condon. Um, This is called vamping. You're on. Okay, cool. All right. Get it. I'm on it. Um, Box Office Mojo, right? Yeah, yeah. Or are you just going to go Google? I'll just Google Box Office Mojo. The top five, the highest grossing movies of 2012 uh, in Oh, are you still vamping States. while I'm looking? I am. I'm oh, just right. waiting. Wow, we're Because I don't want to wander off track. We have a lot one. of no, yeah, yeah. territory to cover. Box office domestic 2012. 2012, uh, okay. This Yearly. Is, this is should be domestic. Yeah. Yeah, More, Avengers made process. 623 domestic? Dude, it's it's unbelievable. Holy shit. All right. No, it's crazy. Uh Avengers with 623 million, Dark Knight with 448. I was off on that. Yes, Dark. Again, this is actual reality this, versus this perception, domestic. folks. Everybody receives Dark Knight as a, as soft and a failure. Oh my god. It was the second highest grossing film of the year domestically. But it's the second highest grossing film of the year. Uh, Hunger Games, 408 million. That's right. Skyfall, 304. Yep. Hobbit, 301. That's right. And then you got uh, Twilight, Spidey, Brave, Ted, and Madagascar rounding out the top 10. That's correct. Weird year. And actually, I feel like. I can't believe a James Bond movie made 300 fucking million dollars in America. Hang on. That's got to be the highest grossing games. Oh my God. By by 100 million. And actually, here's the thing. This is for movies released in 2012. Okay, which is why The Hobbit is above us. If you're just counting movies that pulled that grossed within within from January one to December 30 or okay. 31st, 
we were the fifth highest the fifth highest grossing yes. movie. The hobby the Hobbit overtook us only like three weeks ago. So the big ones are Avengers and Dark Knight, with which are both represented at the MTV Movie Awards. Hunger Games, which is not it was Hunger, last year though. That was last year. Yeah. Okay. Um because of the timing of the award show Skyfall last year, the and awards Hobbit were later. Not. Skyfall is not represented in this category. The Hobbit okay. is not, um, and we are not. Neither is neither. By the way, is the Amazing Spider-Man Brave? Brave. Then or, you get to Ted, which is in there, or Madagascar. Madagascar. Where's the, the rest Morax, of their Wreck It Ralph, et cetera, et cetera. All right. Yeah, but you know what? It's strange. Where's like Twenty One Jump Street for MTV? You would think that would be a perfect MTV movie. Especially as that was a is that not a Paramount movie? I'm pretty yeah. sure it is. And MTV like, is, was, after all, owned by ago, Viacom Networks. That wasn't this year. Oh, it says 2012. Oh, I guess released in 2012. Again, yeah, doesn't... you have to. That's a tricky. I mean, box office mojo. There's a chart to suit every taste, but that is literally just of movies that were that actually opened. So, for instance, Matt, if you opened a movie on the last day of the year. It would count. But that movie well, went Hobbit. on to pull a massive gross. Hobbit opened on, what, the 18th Christmas, of December? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's yeah. why The Hobbit is even sort of on that particular list. Right you know? on. Anyway, um, shockingly, when you look at a list of worldwide grocers, you're in for another huge adjustment because The Boy, Hunger Games, yeah. specifically, which, which did 408 domestically, did not really perform internationally um and again in a quirk of the year in which it was released etc etc twilight saga breaking down part one like dramatically outgrossed hunger games worldwide cumulatively the entire world domestic plus international equals your total um and i always thought oh my god you know hunger games just came out because that was a, a book series that appealed both to males and females it was just just so strong. You're totally but right. the reality is Hunger Games has has is yet to catch on overseas. Worldwide Hunger Wide Hunger Games goes from number four to number nine. Which, Crazy, right? Yeah. Uh Twilight bumps up. Here's the crazy one. Ice Age Ice Continental, Age Continental Drift. Drift. Which has grossed all around the world, including North America, $877 million. It wasn't even the top ten in America. But look at that too. Counting all around the world, look at the Marvel, the It only Marvel, made 161 domestic. It made $700 million in other countries. Yeah. What the fuck other look countries are there? Look at this. All around the world, Marvel's The Avengers did $1.5 billion. billion. Skyfall made a billion. The number two movie is Skyfall at wow. $1.1 billion. Dark Knight made, Rises. Four movies made just a billion a dollars this a billion. year. The Hobbit just crossed the billion-dollar mark. Then Ice Age... Then Breaking Dawn Part 2, Amazing Spider-Man, Madagascar, The Hunger Games. Worldwide, The Hunger Games is 686. Worldwide compared Twilight, to Breaking Dawn yeah. is 829. 829. It's crazy. But Ice Age still has 877. It's unbelievable. I didn't even know Ice Age came out. I didn't know there was a new this Ice is, Age. Again, it's such an interesting thing. Reality versus perception in the movie business. Right. And That's you great. can't help but bring That's your great. own personal bias into yeah. it. So it's just like, oh, these fucking Ice Age movies. What's his number no, four? No, sweetie. The reality is these fucking Ice Age movies make a fuck ton of money that never hit your radar because you're not interested in like, them. Like, what's The Intouchables? Oh, Intouchables is the it's French, a French film. It's a great movie. It yep. made uh, $400 million. Yeah, so here's, okay. yeah. And this is for me. What is, is it? Is I, made it, it made... Listen to Steve Hendricks. Right, so it made $10 million here. one of the highest grossing films in France. 
It's, it's the equivalent to our Avengers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's acquired by Weinstein. It's for sh- release here for, in America. No, for release here in America, but also for remake. So right. it's not the movie, which is a shoe in for Oscar nominations, in my opinion, and all right. awards across the board, right. is pretty much shelved in America. Very few people see it. It's, there's no screener sent out. I'm trying to look how many screens it was Because Harvey wants the remake to get all the attention. 194 screens at its widest. Right. And it's one of the biggest grossing it's films in release. overseas. Main but here they dump it because they don't care about it because they're going to remake it. Right. And who is... I don't know those guys. Well... The actors? Yeah, this guy, if we can only get a poster. He's one of the bigger... He's one of like... Bigger Where's, French actors. Doesn't it give you cast for these Shouldn't movies? It? I mean, come on, Box Office Mojo. Uh, Summary. I'll look it up. Untouchables. Okay. Yeah. Um, like Colin Firth is playing the lead role in the American version. He's not even American. I know. Right? But believe me, I'm, um, I'm leading you to something the minute you get me the cast name. Untouchables. Untouchables. I'll tell you that. The gentleman's name is... Omar Sy? No, yeah, that's the, the black guy. Because right. he was in Micmacs, the yes. uh, Genet flick. Right. Okay, and, oh, wow, I really and like him. has just been cast in X-Men Days of Future Past. Omar Sy or Francois Clouzet? The black guy. Yeah, Francois the black guy. The, yeah, the the Omar Sy. As what? Bishop. Look it up. <gasps> Bishop. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, he's great. I don't, that's funny. You saw Micmacs. He was in that? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, let's look this up. Omar. This is one of the better movies of the year, Mike. You saw it? I did. I was one of the five people in America that saw it. <laughs> uh, yeah, we got the screener. I never looked at it. You got or no, not uh, a screener. Omar Sy signs up for Bill new X-Men film. The Blu-ray, yeah. Uh, it doesn't say what part he's playing. Right, okay. Yeah, they just announced that two days ago, right? Yeah, the singer's been announcing it all via Twitter. Yes, because Mr. Singer is playing a, speaking of perception versus reality, is playing a perception perception of... Of <laughs> cast building for X Men: Days yeah. of Future Past versus reality you, of what happened last weekend at the box office you, for Jack and the Beanstalk, or a cast months ago. Do you like the Halle Berry fucking singer thing that went on this week, where Halle Berry was like, "I'm not sure I'm in it," but Brian said I might be in it, and I want to be in it. And then Brian Singer was like, "She's in it," and Halle Berry was like, "I guess I'm in it now." But like your is, negotiation this is the, this happened is the on star. Twitter. Like, when does that mean something? When her face is on bus shelter posters all over town. For the call, which is a movie I've had the misfortune to see the trailer for quite a number of times. WWE films. The it call. looks like a steaming pile of shit. Right. You've got two WWE distributed movies coming out this month: The Call and Dead Man Down. What's Dead Man Down? Colin Farrell, uh, even Terrence Howard. You've said enough. Crime movie <laughs> looks okay, but what I found out what they're doing is they're going to festivals and and buying films for distro now. Right. WWE, the wrestling company. And basically, they the only de- caveat seems to be they have one of their like B-level wrestlers in the movie in the secondary or tertiary part. Cause in, How do they do that for movies that they're picking up as straight acquisitions? I, I think, you know what, it, 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 can't, it can't be a straight, it can't be a straight acquisition then, but they're not putting money in apparently. Right, interesting. So it's just distro, but like, right. there's a guy named David Otunga in The Call, who's a wrestler. Okay. And there's another wrestler named Wayne Barrett in uh, The New Color. I mean, Barrett. I liked Halle Berry very much in her variety of roles in Cloud Atlas, but you look at this trailer and you're just like, what is, what's Halle Berry's commercial worth in, in terms of... Yeah. As the old showbiz adage goes, well, she's putting never, asses she's into never seats. Never opened a film. 
I mean, I think you know, showing her probably boobs never, right? Uh, like, you know, we saw her boobs. <laughs> we did see her boobs. <laughs> Are you offended now, listeners? <laughs> um. All right, so before we get into the other nominations, let's get into the meat and potatoes. Here's the thing you have to know. How are the nominations produced for the MTV Movie Awards? The nominations are produced in exactly the same fashion as they are produced for the Independent Spirit Awards, which are awarded by an organization called Film Independent, by the exact same process by which the nominations are produced for the Saturn Awards, I know the answer. Which are awarded by the Academy of Science Fiction, Fantasy, and Horror Film. By the exact same process that they are produced for the Golden Raspberry Awards, which are awarded by an organization I know not the name of. The Podcast Awards <laughs> are, are, are uh, nominated the same exact way. Uh, yeah. um, and there was another one. The Raspberries, the Saturns, the MTV Movie Awards, and there was a fourth one. Independent Spirit, you said it. Spirit Awards. Anyway, here's how nominations for these awards are produced in are produced by uh, secret committees in closed rooms, smoky back back door rooms where personal bias roams free. Right? I know this. Because Mr. Condon has, on more than one occasion, served on the nominating committee for the Independent Spirit Awards and used to come home and report to me what had gone on that day. And needless to say, if someone sitting on a committee has had a bad bit of business dealing with someone else who has who has something to do with a nominated picture, that someone else may be in trouble. Yeah, because payback's a fucking bitch, and here it comes, you know? So, unfortunately, we have no idea who is on the nominating committee for the MTV Movie Awards. It's it's never announced. Um, I believe the Independent Spirit Awards does actually disclose the names of the participating executives and filmmakers who are on the nominating committee for that specific year for the Independent Spirit Awards. Um the names are disclosed on the nom- for the nominating committees for the various branches in the for the Academy of Sci-Fi, Fantasy, and Horror Movies, um, and I don't know about the Golden Raspberries. But so, how can you take seriously nominations, whether you get one or not? How can you take seriously nominations that are produced by committee right. in closed rooms where bias runs free? How can you take those seriously? Likewise, once those nominations are announced with all of these organizations, the Raspberries, uh, the Academy of Sci-Fi, Fantasy, and Horror Film, Film Independent, and the MTV Movie Awards. In the case of the MTV Movie Awards, obviously the general public goes to the site, mtv.com, and votes, right? Is this a free vote where they can vote as many That's times? That's a free vote, and they can vote as many times as they want, is my understanding. In the case of the Raspberries, as well as the Independent Spirit Awards, and you never thought you'd hear me put those two awards in the same <laughs> sentence, Unf- the reality is neither one of these have an academy structure. So the general membership of these organizations votes the winners in all categories. And what does it take to become a member of these organizations? You simply write a check. 
the podcast award it for actually, forty bucks or a hundred bucks. It's not a lot of money. Right. You join and you get to vote the Golden Raspberries, or you get to vote Spirit. the Independent Spirit there, Awards. Uh, the a newer model is for the, for a certain podcast. I think it's like the Podcast Awards, whatever fucking bullshit it is. Uh-huh. They charge you to vote. As, wow. as a member of the public, it's like a wow. dollar per vote. Wow. So you can vote for your favorite podcast as many times as you want. As long as you're willing to pay for as it. As long as you're willing to pay for it. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, so people buy their own awards, basically. In the case of the Independent Spirit Awards, uh, since the first year we went with Gods and Monsters in 1998, when they were still being held as they are to this day under the tent, uh, under a giant tent on the beach in Santa Monica the day before the Oscars, Spirit Awards Saturday versus Oscar Sunday. Um, they only they could only afford like one camera crew. <laughs> so as they were reading out the list of nominees for any given category, it was literally like it took about 15 minutes to figure out that the game was watch the camera crew and who they set their shot up. They know, yeah. right? Or they're being fed it through their... Right. You know, through their headphones. No Ernst and Young or whatever. No. Firm. Um, with the case of the Independent Spirit Awards, I often joke with Bill that they should instead be renamed more accurately uh, the Distribution Awards because the reality is, given that the voting is by the general membership, which is just, which is again open to the general public, people I used to wait tables with at Houston's restaurant were members. Right of the organization at the time, which was called IFP West before they changed the name to Film Independent. Um, basically, like, the more screens that your movie is out on, the more dues-paying waiters are going to see it and, yeah. are going to have a chance. Well, and, and the longer your movie is holding those screens, so if you're out for a week at the Lemley Monica versus playing for a month at the what used to be the Lemley Sunset Five... Again, it's more more days and nights in theaters for more dues-paying waiters from Houston's to see your movie and then vote, right. you know? But in- to say nothing of the fact, as you've experienced, Steve, um, recently, seemingly all concerns of piracy have gone out the windows right. by quite a number of these awards-giving organizations, all the unions, which are called guilds. Here in Hollywood, the Directors Guild, the Screen Actors Guild, the Producers Guild, it, literally like... It's so easy to get a full set of screeners yeah, it's, just by joining like any organization. any organization. I mean, they're just short of including polybagging them in with variety that they throw on your sidewalk, you know? <laughs> Whereas five years ago, they were so panicked about, you know, and all your screeners are watermarked right. to your name and all this kind of shit. Which now they're just handing them out at but, Starbucks, you know? But it, so On the Independent award, Spirit Awards, in what world is Silver Linings Playbook an independent film? Uh, I, I can't answer that question. I know that's a question that is debated almost every fucking year in the nominating committee. And there are often rule, new rules or workarounds and all this kind of shit. The old number that I heard was somewhere between like 19 and $21 million needed to be the budget, you know? But in, I'll tell you what. Any film with a budget of $19, $21 million was considered an independent film, even if it was made that by was like, the Disney? High, yes. David O. Russell did if it's, for, e- Yes, paid for by Walt Disney's money when they owned Miramax. It doesn't matter. It's like if, wow, if I, News Corp I, writes the check through their, through their art house division, so-called dependent division, Fox Searchlight, for 
500 days of summer, it's, an it's eligible. Even though Rupert Murdoch wrote the check that paid for, for that movie to be produced, you so know? It's based on the total budget of the film. The other thing, uh, the one award that I heard that, that um, my eyebrow did cock up at, I have to say, that I thought was a little sketchy um, from the Independent Spirit Awards this year uh, was the Best First Feature Award. Oh, for Perks. Which went to Perks of Being a Wallflower, which... It's not his first feature. It's his second feature, right. and it's like, what the fuck? It's just the first one anyone's heard of. No, it's the first... I guess maybe the first one didn't get distribution, yeah. but it's like, so what? He directed a feature. And if it didn't get picked up, it didn't get picked up. It's a feature. It exists in the world. And chances are somebody picked it up for home video release, right. and you can get it, yeah. you know? So again, it's sort of like... Once you scratch the surface with a lot of these uh, these awards giving bodies, to say nothing of the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, where if you scratch the surface, there's often you know there's graft, yeah. you know, um, it's um, it's corrupt, you know, and again, it doesn't, it's not sour grapes because oh Twilight you know missed a five peat or whatnot. You sort of have to say this on the one hand, you have to say. You have to take a cold look at how these organizations nominate and then how they vote the winners and who exactly is are voting the winners. And then you have to, you know, it's nice to have a, a an award on your shelf versus not having one. But look at that award and and what does that award really mean? Well, yeah, let's talk relevance. You know? I mean, an Oscar nomination for Is it picture. from your peers Wait, that's or is it from waiters? Right. But what is the relevance of it? What can it? do for your film um if you if you get nominated for an oscar for best picture your box office is going to see an increase sometimes yes sometimes no but majority wise you're going to see a bump yeah right this year the the story after the oscars was that most of those movies were not expected to see bumps really even the ones that were still so-called playing out theatrically the only one that not expected to see a a substantial i saw life of pi after the oscars right you see it because he won best director no and i saw it because of the clips they showed from it i didn't know anything about the movie and i was like this actually looks kind of fucking cool how's it possible that you didn't know anything about life of pi before you got to oscar sunday no i read the book you've never seen a trailer or a commercial? I don't think so. A TV spot? I don't think no? I had. Uh, um, Damn, bro. I kind of liked it. How's that rock? I don't know, but I think uh, that's the one movie that maybe underperformed. If you look at that list of box office and shit versus worldwide and domestic, that's the one. Look at that list. Life of Pi is on Did the you see list. the worldwide? Yeah, worldwide is a lot Huge. of Life of Pi. Yeah, domestically, not so what? Great. It's an Indian kid and a tiger on a boat. So I think if, that's a if, tough sell in St. Louis. Yeah, that's the movie that I think and might I know get a bit of a I live push. In St. Louis. Plus, I think the Blu-ray drops like this fucking week or something, and yeah. it's crazy 3D and all that stuff. So yep, yep. That's the Avatar of this year. Well, here's the more shocking, appalling thing. I live in the Hollywood Hills, overlooking the Grauman's Chinese Theater. We have all the screeners here in the house. Uh, I haven't watched it. I still haven't seen it. I still haven't seen it. I enjoyed Life of Pi. I haven't seen the lion's share of the Best Picture nominees this year. But I've seen Cloud Atlas literally probably 60-something times oh. by now. So much so that, as Steve knows... Is this your favorite I, movie of the year? One of them, yeah. Is your favorite movie of all time? 60-something? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it dovetails with, some, with the project. As a man who's Eric watched it 60 times, on. and I love Cloud Atlas, 
how does the truth truth shit? Do you understand that at all? Because I understand the language. All, all the dialogue, if you've listened to the dialogue 60-something times. That's what I mean. Do you understand Every all line of is, un- is decipherable. Okay. Yeah. It doesn't make it great. No, it's It's a great. problematic movie like Prometheus, but when it works, there's nothing, you know, it's, among, it's amongst the best stuff I saw this year. I agree. You know? But that said, I've just told you that I saw so little this year. Yeah. Because you've you watched know. fucking Cloud Atlas 60 times. You didn't have yeah, time for exactly, anything else. Exactly. Um, it's better than Red Dawn. Red Dawn. Don't even get me started. <laughs> I was so angry. Oh, you saw it. I forgot. I was viciously tweeting all through that steaming fucking pile of shit. How fucking dare they? How dare they? I never thought I'd look back at the original and go, ah, oh, classic. Why not? <laughs> I knew it back then. Uh. That's a great movie. That's the best thing about the remake of Red Dawn is it made me go back and go, oh yeah, that was a, this, the original was a good movie. And I hadn't revisited it in years. By a director who was at the top of his career, John Milius, yeah. who also did Conan the Barbarian, which is probably the most famous Milius movie that anybody would. Also, who uh, Zach Knudsen and Joey Figuera of uh, Kevin Smith fame, Chop Shop, the guys who do all this behind the scenes stuff. Okay. Have a Milius documentary that just got accepted into Sundance, I believe, or South by. Either way, South by. Because they just Sundance got it. was in January, but in a big. Has it shown? No, so it must be South it's by South by or, Southwest. But but it was That's in a, a big spot. Like it sounded pretty cool. That's uh, great. And they have like interviews with everyone who ever worked with them in it. He's Did I hear that he is not well? Person, right? Did I hear he's not well? I I believe that is. I don't know. I know Milos Forman's not well, but I, I believe. I, John Milius is not well, and also it's been it's been semi publicized that Curtis Hansen is not well. Really, really, yeah, well, yeah, which is shocking because I saw Curtis Hansen probably two years ago, like at the top of Runyon Canyon in the social hub of the canyon where all the benches are and stuff. It's like there's only one way. Well, that's not true. He could have walked down from Mulholland, but um, but anyway, the point was, I mean, here was a vibrant guy, Curtis right. Hansen, who it's surprising you know so i guess this is our way of saying our special team jack way of saying you know early names for next next year's so-called necrology on the academy awards telecast potentially you know speaking of which my favorite moment in this year's academy awards by far and then i mean favorite in terms of like oh my god it's the the single worst thing i've seen on television in a really long time and i'll never forget what's that was the segue that barbara streisand made from the video of Marvin Hamlish to talking about Marvin Hamlish. That's her thing, which right? Which she was like, ba 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 ba. Oh, me and Marvin. And yeah. then she's like, we had great times and I'll miss you, Marvin, and I'll never forget all the memory. Like, it was That's the cheesiest thing. Apparently, fucking thing she just, I've ever seen. She just did a show at the she Hollywood Bowl this she year. Going, ba, 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 before she walked yeah. out. <laughs> that is her thing. Apparently, Sing talking? she gabs. And then sings. Seamlessly goes in and out. And someone who was at the concert, which was needless to say, attended by every homosexual male in Los Other Angeles you, County and yeah. beyond, uh, except for me, although Mr. Condon was there. <laughs> um, she literally, like in the, in the middle of a number, just goes, I can't remember who was telling me this, just goes, I'm cold. And puts, puts the phone down. I'm going to go get a sweater. And just goes just off walks off stage and comes back with a sweater, starts gabbing a little bit, and then, right and then goes into, right yeah. back into song. And guess what? She has them eating out of her <laughs> fucking hand. Yeah. 
I yeah, told you my absolutely. Karen, my Karen Black story, right? From years from ago. burnt offerings. No, yeah, no. Karen what? Black. That was my first job in movies. Was PAing. I was her driver slash set PA. Very nice. What's movie. the movie? Uh, the Trust. Never saw distribution. Okay. Terrible movie. Um, but this was in 1992. Okay. And. Uh, she was a lovely woman, uh, crazy right. as all get out, right. but she had this habit of she would be talking to you and then in mid-sentence, mid-syllable, break into a song, sing the entire song, That's awesome. and then pick up on the syllable she left off with in the conversation. Oh my and God. It wasn't once or twice. It, this was a, a, a common occurrence. Right. So it was just, but it's, it's fascinating when, you, when you're in the middle of a conversation with someone, they burst into song. Oh, just start singing, yeah. Yeah. And it's like the song doesn't usually have relevance to the conversation per se. It's just, it's what struck her at the moment. Oh, um, but I'll never forget that. She was, it was just this crazy, crazy thing that would happen. Uh, that's, that's great. <gasps> Jack's taking pictures of me. Man. I'm taking pictures for our illustrated episode guides, which heretofore hopefully will be. Will make their Facebook uh, debut. Those are far more impressive than the podcast. Day and date themselves. with the podcast, since we're going to give these podcast files over as soon as we um, as soon as we wrap them. Can I ask a little behind the scenes question? A little behind the scenes at TJ. Why do you have two TJ stacks, to the max? Two stacks of New York Times. I have a stack of one stack is the New York Times okay. and one stack is the LA, LA Times. Times. And why? Do you collect them? Uh, I am a hoarder. Okay, I didn't no. know. No, no, no. Um, they're so neatly fucking piled. The too. answer is here's my deal with the daily newspapers, uh, which Mr. Mr. Condon has delivered. He barely reads them. I read the front page of every section and very often find Facebook content, uh, for my Facebook page, facebook.com slash the real Jack Morrissey. Um, send me a friend request. What's up from those you front pages. I do. I accept I'm all. Kidding, I'm kidding. Um, and those two stacks are basically testament to the fact that as soon as I got off the plane from London, I started writing this script. And so I'm behind on newspapers. So you're going to catch up? It's just reading the front page of every section. Yeah, I'll just, ca- I'll just blow through news? and throw them out. Yeah, because, dude, a restaurant review or something right like on. that, yeah, you yeah, never yeah. know. You know? All right, fair enough. Yeah, most of I know, most I know lots of, of people it. Who do that. Like my stepmother has stacks of papers. Really? She doesn't get. She she won't jump ahead either. Like she just she'll even if she's a month you know two months behind she'll go slowly to catch yeah. up. Now she reads them cover to cover. That's what takes a little. Well, bit you know longer. who also does this? She doesn't listen to all. Just rattle around is Terry Press, who's the head of marketing at DreamWorks and reads every paper every day. Disney. I don't know about the newspapers, but like the trades and stuff, she saves them up and then yeah. she goes through them. Yeah, it's a sort of OCD thing. There's no question. Yeah, like you, know? you can't jump. But let's just yeah, say like Matt Cohen. You notice them sitting on the kitchen counter. How high off the counter would you say each stack is? Uh, I would say maybe two feet, two and a half feet. Is that more? I'm really bad at it. It's maybe two feet. Yeah. It's not that bad. Am I in danger of being suffocated under these two stacks? The thing that struck me me wasn't the amount of newspapers. It was the uh, precise and delicate manner in which they are like stacked. I've never seen a newspaper. I guess so, dude. It's impressive. And by the way, is that like a gay superpower? You could stack newspapers. Yes. Like that? Now, what do I have to do to get in X Men: Days of Future Past? <laughs> it's my mutant power. <laughs> I mean, I think we just said it. No, I'm kidding. Um. All right. So, since we've discussed what it takes to get nominated by these questionable organizations and what it takes to get an actual award from these questionable organizations, let's pick up where we left off. 
with the MTV Movie Awards. You sure you're going out for that smoke, Matt Cohen? Yeah, I was screaming. All right. Best female performance. Remember, Matt, it's the MTV Movie Awards. Okay. It'll be funnier if I just scream. <laughs> Why don't you go out that way, son? Okay. Get ready for the train horn of warp, the warped wooden doors. Matt pulls open the slider facing Hollywood. Um, take it easy on the handle. Just, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's fine. I'm sure you broke that. All right, ready? Just leave the door open. Best female performance, folks. Anne Hathaway for Les Miserables. It's MTV, dude. Mila Kunis for Ted. Got it. Jennifer Lawrence for Silver Linings Playbook. I still, I, I she won the buy, fucking Oscar I for it. Don't buy Silver Linings and, and any having. She won the Oscar. Emma Watson for Perks of Being a Wallflower. I get it. I understand that more. Yeah. Thought she was great. Except she says, except the very first line she has in that movie is "shag." Shag. She says she uses the word "shag" in her first bit of dialogue, which is shall me. we say not an American That's colloquialism. And it bothered me the rest of the yeah. movie because my, I'm watching this movie going, "What's the accent going to be like?" And the very yeah. first thing she says, well, her accent's fine. She uses the word "shag." Yeah. Oops. Um, and lastly, and unsurprisingly. Lest anyone doubt the absolute credibility of the organization. Rebel Wilson for Pitch Perfect. <laughs> Again, best male performance for the MTV Movie Awards. Ben Affleck for Argo. Are you fucking kidding me? Even the Academy Come had on, to nominate him. How many 16-year-olds went to see Argo? Come on. Bradley Cooper for Silver Linings Playbook. Daniel Day-Lewis for Lincoln. Come on. Come on. (laughs) No, they didn't. Jamie Foxx for Django Unchained. Got it. Channing Tatum for Magic Mike. See, those last two I get, but... Yeah. I mean, Daniel Day-Lewis, that's ridiculous. I mean, I'm not taking away from his performance, but that is not a TV movie. It's, It's absurd. Breakthrough performance. It's at, you're correct, Matt Cohen. Ezra Miller for the perks of being a wallflower. Uh, no, not Logan Lerman. I think he's a little uh, too established. He broke through years ago. Eddie Redmayne for Les Miserables. Saroj Sharma for Life of Pi. Yeah, again, how many 14-year-olds? Yeah. I mean, great performance, but not for an MTV award. N- not for an MTV award. Quetzalcoatl, as I call her, Q Quetzalcoatl, the winged serpent <laughs> for Beasts of the Southern Wild. <laughs> the new Annie. I'm sure we all heard that. And guess what? Guess who the final nominee is for breakthrough performance by this super clean, squeaky clean, unassailable organization? Rebel Wilson for Pitch Perfect. Wow. Yes. That's not corrupt and now we get into the more shall we say mtv centric categories best scared as shit performance lincoln (laughs) (laughs) jessica chastain for zero dark 30 (laughs) (laughs) that movie that every 16 year old saw at at the midnight shows on thursday night zero dark 30 in advance 10 city 
Exactly. <laughs> the Zero Dark Thirty fan camp. They just call it TD30. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Alexandra Daddario for Texas Chainsaw 3D. Martin Freeman for The Hobbit and Unexpected Journey. I don't really think of him as that yeah. per- of that performance scared as scared shit. as shit. The train horn as it heads <laughs> up through the Coenga Pass on its way to Universal. Jennifer Lawrence for House at the End of the Street. Is that a movie? Yes. I thought they were going to say Jennifer but Lawrence for Silver Lines Playbook. over the Silver Lines Playbook. Exactly, because this is, That's after all, MTV. Uh, the Wes Craven remake thing that came out? No, 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 no. That's Last House on the Left. Okay, I have yeah. no idea what this is then. Yeah. The final nominee for Best Scared to Ship Performance? Saraj Sharma for Life of Pi. <laughs> wow. All right. He was scared of the type. But again, based on these nominations... Who, who is the web traffic at MTV.com every day voting for their winners? Rebel Wilson. Who is tuning in to watch? Just Rebel Wilson. Because as it goes for the Oscars, so it goes for the MTV Movie Awards. The, the ratings go up or down based on the relative interest level of the viewership in the, in the field that year. You know? Moving on. Best on-screen duo. No Rob Sten, as we know. Leonardo DiCaprio and Samuel L. Jackson for Django Unchained. What? Bradley Cooper and Jennifer Lawrence for Silver Linings Playbook this because we know we're going to get them there, right? You guys will come, right? You're going to show up, right? Mark Wahlberg and Seth MacFarlane as Ted. For Ted. <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. and Mark Ruffalo for The Avengers. I like that one They'll a probably lot. come. I like that one. Will Ferrell and Zach Galifianakis for uh, the campaign. What? No one saw it. That movie bombed. Exactly. And it wasn't good from all accounts. It's terrible. Uh, yeah. Piece of shit. It's like someone picked the nominees without seeing any of the movies. Yeah. The private nominate, secret <laughs> nominating committee and the smoky private back room. It's, it's, all right, it's get not to, about what performances are great. It's what, who do we want to get to the, the one we care about, man. Shirts off. Come on. Best shirtless performance. It happens to be the next category. I hope it's Gollum. I hope Smeagol's nominated. He is not. Oh. Christian Bale for The Dark Knight Rises. Wait. He's only shirtless when he's old homeless Batman with the cane. He's like shirtless in that one scene where he's hobbling through his house. <laughs> Daniel Craig for Skyfall. I get it. He's sexy. Yeah. <laughs> Taylor Lautner for The Twilight Saga Breaking Dawn Part 2. Seth MacFarlane as Ted uh, for Ted. What? Channing Tatum for Magic Mike. Wouldn't you eliminate, for instance, Seth MacFarlane the teddy as Ted bear from Ted. and instead also vote one of the other guys from Magic Mike? Yeah. Wouldn't you pack the trio, the Magic Mike trio, Which is all about as three out of the right. five nominees? Best fight. No, not the climactic battlefield from Breaking Dawn. Instead, it's Jamie Foxx versus Candyland Henchman in Django Unchained. Daniel Craig versus Ola Rapace in Skyfall. Mark Wahlberg versus Seth MacFarlane as Ted for Ted. Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans, Mark Ruffalo, Chris Hemsworth, Scarlett Johansson, and Jeremy Renner. All versus Tom Hiddleston for the Avengers. Didn't happen. Never happened, right? Nope. The only person who fights fucking Loki is Thor and Hulk. Not a single other one of them shares an action scene with him. Wow. They fight the Chitali or whatever. Steve Henges. It could be Marlon Wayans. 
Lastly, Christian Vale versus Tom Hardy in The Dark Knight Rises. I hope it's Marlon Wayans. Um, that's crazy, man. That's a round trip courier. It's the taped up box, Steve. Uh, what other nominees we got? Best Kiss. Uh oh. Again, not Rob Sten. Ted and so all hopes of seeing Rob and Kristen give it up uh, are out the window. Kerry Washington and Jamie Foxx for Django Unchained. Best Kiss. Kara Hayward and Jared Gilman for Moonrise Kingdom. <laughs> Seen by every Teenage, tween. Yeah. <laughs> Jennifer Lawrence and Bradley Cooper, because they're going to come, right? For Silver Linings Playbook. By the way, they're boffing, in case you haven't heard. Lawrence and... Yes. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence threw Nicholas Holt oh, yeah, overboard yeah, yeah. for Bradley Cooper. Um, Mila Kunis and Mark Wahlberg in Ted. Emma Watson and Logan Lerman for The Perks of Being a Wallflower. Again, which uh, perception versus reality. I don't know about Pitch Perfect. I'd be curious because I've heard about Pitch Perfect all over the place as well. I haven't seen it. But Perks, we all, we've all heard about it all over the place. We all live in Los Angeles, obviously. Check the gross for Perks. It's terrible, right? Nothing. You'll be surprised. Nothing. You'll be surprised how few people have bought tickets. Best WTF moment. These nominations. Just kidding. <laughs> Jamie Foxx and Samuel L. Jackson. Candyland gets smoked in Django Unchained. Denzel Washington's final descent in flight. <laughs> what the fuck is that? <laughs> Anna Camp, Hackapella in Pitch Perfect. Javier Bardem, oops, there goes his face in Skyfall when he takes out his yeah, dental piece. Seth MacFarlane as Ted for Ted Gets Saucy in Ted. Best villain, Javier Bardem for Skyfall will not show up. Leonardo DiCaprio for Django Unchained will probably not show up. Marianne Cotillard for The Dark Knight Rises ain't coming from Paris. She's a bad guy for three minutes. Tom Hardy for The Dark Knight Rises. I doubt it. Tom Hiddleston for The Avengers. He'll show up. You think? Yeah, he'll he be the one. Show, he'll be yeah. the one that shows okay. up. Especially if the if, he'll win it the too. Cast comes. Yeah, they'll get, they'll yeah yeah they'll do an Avengers thing. Best musical moment is the last category, and then we'll just break it down by total number of, of noms. Pitch Perfect, Lame Miz, Ted, Anne Hathaway for Lame Miz, Lame Miserable, Channing Tatum, Joe Mangia. Maganello. Yeah, whatever. Kevin Nash, Adam Rodriguez, and Matt Bomer for Magic Mike. Anna Kendrick, the multi-nominated Rebel Wilson, Anna Camp, Brittany Snow, Alexis Knapp, Esther Dean, and Hannah Mae Lee for Pitch Perfect. Bradley Cooper and Jennifer Lawrence for Silver Linings Playbook because they're going to show up, right? Emma Watson, Logan Lerman, and Ezra Miller for The Perks of Being a Wallflower. And uh, if it is whispered to Summit that they're winning, as is the case, the whisper comes... If you're winning, uh, they those three will be gotten there for sure. The of the 2013 MTV Movie Awards total number of combined category nominations. What is the most nominated film? Uh, um, fucking Silver Linings Playbook. Playbook or Pitch Perfect. Uh, no, no, it's a tie. Django Unchained and Ted each with seven. Okay, Dark Knight Rises. 
Silver Linings Playbook with six. Pitch and Dark Knight with five. Dark Knight Rises with five. The Avengers with four. Also, Perks with four. Pitch Perfect with four. And Skyfall with four. Magic Mike with three. Les Miserables with three. Life of Pi with two. Argo with one. I'm searching for Sugar Man, just at best case. <laughs> Beasts of the Southern Wild with one. Flight with one. House of the End of the Street with one. Lincoln with one. Moonrise Kingdom with one. Texas Chainsaw 3D with one. The Campaign with one. The Hobbit and Unexpected Journey with one. Zero Dark Thirty with one. And the Twilight Saga Breaking Dawn Part 2 with one. Wow. I think... I think we have our title. It is MTV WTF. There it is. Or no, WTF MTV. Yeah. Boom. Exactly. Are we done? I think we can top that. I mean. All right. On Twitter, Steve Henges at? Uh, uh, fivestates.net, I think. I, you know, I don't even know. I, I'm Come such on, a Steve. Bad, I'm such a bad... So, I, you're just I, a I'm shitty, bad, shitty so Twitterer. Twitter. Um I think it's at Stephen Hinges, isn't that it? That may be correct. I don't know. I'm, I apologize. On Twitter, Matt Cohen. Camel Toad. On Twitter, Jack underscore Morrissey with two R's and two S's. Also, Team underscore Jack. Look for our illustrated episode guides up at teamjack.com. Also, like Team Jack on Facebook. We are also on Tumblr uh, under Team Jack. I can't remember how to find it. And I'm feeling like that's probably the sum total of the Empire to date, I think. Anyway, um, episode 51, we're over the hump and we're off and running. I'm going to Virginia tomorrow with Eric Odom and Don Carusi. And um, this will hit the internets while we're in Virginia. And then we'll, when we're back, we'll record episode 52 next week. Matt Cohen. Uh, WTF MTV, out. This has been a production of Smodco Internet Radio. Sir, only at Smodcast.com. <laughs>